NFL fans, are you ready to win big this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, that's all it takes. It's really that simple. If Sportsbooks isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Min $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome in College Football Saturday. Week 9 is finally here. As always, I'm joined by Anthony Tresh, prepping you for all the best bets to sweat out your Saturday. And, you know, looking back, Week 8 wasn't necessarily too kind to our plays, unfortunately. Uh, Didn't necessarily find a ton of winners for you guys, but we are going to find the right track here again. I think our strongest weeks have been uh, when we've had a little bit of a down week in the week prior. I think that's going to carry forward into Week 9, but we did go uh, 7-4 and 14 between the two of us. Definitely rough. Green Line continues to uh, perform above expectation on uh, spots where we have greater than a 2% edge. Um, I think it's up right around 10% if you're flat staking, uh, up around 9.23% if you're betting based on Kelly criteria with an edge over 2%. So uh, definitely continue to check out Green Line. Uh, but yeah, I think Tresh and I are going to be finding you some winners here. So how do you feel initially, Tresh, kind of uh, heading into week nine here? I mean, I love the board. Last week was probably the worst week I've ever had. Right. Um, but, you know, everybody has one of those. You know, we're going to bounce back. We're still doing pretty decent for the year. And like I said, this week, I'm I'm probably the most confident I've ever been. Right. I, I say it all the time. I love the board. This week, I, 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 see, a lot of, um, I see a lot of winners out there that I think are going to come through. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. And I actually, this is, uh, I bet mainly on Monday for college football, as soon as Greenlight kind of goes live, this is by far my highest volume week of bets that I've had. I don't know if it was carry forward from uh, kind of a rough Saturday, uh, but I do think there was a number of bets that I really, really liked kind of going through those lines on Monday. And some of them I still kind of had held value. So I'm going to, you know, talk about those later. But first, let's talk a little bit about these marquee matchups. I basically see, uh, you know, five quality games coming up here. I know, you know, the tailgate guys, check out that podcast if you're definitely into some of that college football and other draft uh, draft strategy and other angles. But uh, they're going to the Georgia-Florida game. How do you kind of see this game playing out? Of course, Florida's at home. Uh, Georgia, Georgia kind of, you know, needs to continue winning in order to stay in that, you know, number one spot. Uh, do you think Georgia's going to cover the spread? Yeah, I do. I mean, the world's largest cocktail party. Florida fans are probably going to eat a lot of those cocktails after this game because I think Georgia's going to win by a pretty comfortable amount. Um, I mean, the defense, it's been no different than any other week. It's a different animal. I mean, they're first in like almost every single metric you could possibly find in our massive database. Team defense grade, EPA per play allowed, success rate against, yards per play against. I mean, they're number one in the Power Five. Um, you know, I, you look at the Florida quarterback situation, they're going to play both Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson. 
Um, but I don't think it really matters who's out there. I think there's either quarterback is going to struggle against this defense with Emory Jones. He's you know a little bit slow. You know, he's consistently a tick slow, and that's where some of the turnover worthy plays have kind of stemmed from um, the season for him. Um, and you know he takes a lot of time to let the ball rip and kind of locks in on that target. Georgia, with how big and fast they are, they're I mean they're going to take advantage of those plays where he's just a little bit late. You know, and I I would not be surprised if he has you know a couple of picks in this one. You know, with Anthony Richardson, um, you know he's a young, inexperienced passer, and with those kinds of quarterbacks, you typically see some you know superhero type mistakes that they try to do. You know, under pressure. Um, you know, over the last couple of games, you know Richardson has taken nine dropbacks under pressure, just one completion for eight yards, three interceptions. Um, you know, it's the classic thing, just trying to do a little bit too much when the pressure's there, and he's going to be under pressure quite a bit when he's on the field. So. You know, I, I think Georgia's defense is going to prevail on this one, and uh, I'm pretty comfortable there taking a minus 14. There we go. So, yeah, that is definitely the direction of the cash to take it. I think 78% of cash, uh, 78% of cash, 75% of the tickets are on Georgia, minus 14. Do you have any spot on the total? I know you talked quite a bit about uh, the Georgia defense giving Florida some fits. Obviously, Florida might not be all that successful moving the football, but some of those, you know, high-variance turnovers can lead to quick scores, either through pick sixes, uh, fumble recoveries, or if they turn it over in the wrong zone. So do you like the play at over 51, or are you kind of uh, avoiding anything on the total? Yeah, typically I've kind of learned over the course of the year, when it comes to Georgia, avoid the total just because you're kind of relying on turnovers at that point or back doors. Um, And so it's just kind of like, "Ah, I'm going to, I'm going to stay away um, just because, you know, there's a high percentage chance that, you know, some of the starters might get pulled off the field um, or they're going to have, you know, multiple interceptions. Um, You know, you just can't really tell with this team sometimes because they just rely on that defense. But the offense has been doing pretty well, too. So, you know, I kind of stay away from the totals there. Um, Good thing here. Love the spread. So. I'm pretty comfortable staying away there in this instance. I can get on board with that. I think I might have to get a little bit of a, a Georgia mixed in here with some of my bets. Let's move on. Let's stay in the SEC, though. We got Ole Miss, uh, the Rebels going to Auburn. Uh, the spread has moved heavily, in, you know, not necessarily heavily, but it has moved in Auburn's direction. I think it opened up right around minus one, minus one and a half there on Sunday. Monday has moved out to minus three for Auburn. We don't have uh, any value now on Auburn, we did have it early in the week before the spread moved all the way up to minus three. Six, six and a half point total does seem really high uh, based on kind of where we have uh, the Auburn defense fourth overall and our opponent, Justin Massey, grades. Uh, Ole Miss, obviously, high quality offense, not that great of a defense. How are you kind of evaluating uh, both the spread and the total in this matchup? Yeah, I, I think I'm leaning with Ole Miss in this one, but I'm not too confident in it. Um, you know, just because, you know, you look at Ole Miss defense, it's, you know, it's not as bad as it was last year, but it's still pretty bad relative to the counterparts there in the SEC. Um, and, you know, when you get a quarterback like Bo Nix, you can possibly get that high-end type of performance where, you know, he's just so volatile with the passer. So, you know, I'm not too confident, but I like Ole Miss. I mean, you know, you look at what they did even last year. I mean, it's a different coaching regime, um, you know, different defense and all. Um, you know, that was just one of two times Lane Kiffin has failed to generate positive VPA um, per pass in a single game at Ole Miss against Auburn last year in a game that they lost. And it was Corral's third lowest graded game as, lowest graded game as a passer since 2020. She, he shredded him on the ground, though, and he's been doing that against every single defense this year. I think he's going to do that. And, you know, you look at this Auburn defense this year, um, you know, they've been pretty good. Um, but a lot of the numbers have been a little bit inflated by easier competition they faced early on. I do think that there is a little bit of concern of how they're going to defend the middle of the field, and that's an area that Lane Kiffin loves to attack. 
I mean, the slot has been getting peppered for him this year. Um, you know, when off, opposing offenses are targeting the middle of the field, they're averaging 10.5 yards per attempt um, you know, against the Power 5 offenses. That's the third worst among Power 5 defenses. Um, and so I think that Matt Corral is going to have a much better game this time around against Auburn. Um, and I think he's going to continue to have that same rushing success. So I'm leaning Ole Miss in this one. Um, but I could definitely see it kind of coming down to the wire like, you know, Tennessee did a little bit. Um, you know, possibly maybe even Auburn, you know, etching out a couple point victory. So, you know, I, I, will, I will take Ole Miss here, but not heavily, just a little sprinkle. There, there we go. A little sprinkle. So I guess if you if you expect, you know, Ole Miss to have some success offensively uh, and Auburn potentially keeping pace, you're not touching uh, the total at 66.5 playing that under. You probably aren't betting it or are you uh, maybe playing on the over? Yeah, I'm not betting this one. I'm not. I'm not as confident in the total. Um, but, you know, hey, I've heard a lot of smart people talk about they like the under. So, you know, we'll see what happens in this one. Yeah, yeah, I, I do like the under. I think I lean in that direction. It's maybe one of my favorite bets in, you know, in these five marquee matchups that we're going to be talking about. I do. I did like Auburn early at minus three. I, th- I do agree with you. I do think the correct side is probably Ole Miss sitting on that key number. Uh, if you have Auburn early in the week, I always think you got a pretty good bet. So I do like under 6.5, six though. I will say that. So let's move on. Big 12, Texas Tech Friday Raiders, Oklahoma Sooners, 66.5 point total. Again, really high. 19.5 uh, point spread for Oklahoma. Uh, how are you kind of seeing uh, this, this Big 12 matchup play out? Yeah, I think I'm going to stay away from this one altogether after what we saw last week with Oklahoma and Kansas. Um, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, Kansas is still one of the worst teams in college football. It doesn't matter if it's Power 5 or all the 130 FBS schools. Um, You know, getting shut out 10 to nothing in the first half like that, that's a huge concern. And then on the opposite end, too, you know, allowing them to the highest explosive pass play rate of any Power 5 defense in Week 8, that's a big concern. I think they're kind of... um, you know, they're, they're very, Oklahoma's a volatile team. And I think, too, with Caleb Williams, you know, he definitely won that game with his legs, but not so much, you know, through the air as a passer. Um, you know, early on in that game, very he struggled, you know, significantly. We kind of saw that, um, that risky, no-risk, no-biscuit type of play style, you know, on that big interception. So I, I think they're susceptible, you know, c- continuing etching out quick, you know, or close wins here. So, you know, I, I would not be surprised for Lennon in either direction here. Um, so I think I'm going to stay away from this one altogether. Right now, you can get 25% off any PFF subscription if you use code BETTINGPOD. Grades and data are live for every single player who logged a snap last week. You can go check out all the highest graded players from week 7 and look to find some early value on spread picks and player props for week 8. What all can you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL and college football betting dashboards, our grade power projections, cover probabilities, and betting values. Zero to 100 grades of every single player, including the top rookies on every team. We got our player props tool, which shows plus minus value for every NFL prop. We got NFL green line, DFS optimizer, and so much more. You got to support the PFF betting podcast. Use promo code bettingpod for 25% off any subscription. Yeah, that is always the safest option. I can definitely agree with you. I haven't bet anything in this game. Probably going to keep it that way uh, unless, you know, unless Oklahoma gets down big early. There's some spot to potentially get on them uh, in game. That's probably how I'll be playing this matchup, but I don't think there's too much on the game spread or total right now. So let's go. Big 10. I think it's got two marquee matchups. Let's start with Michigan. Michigan State, uh, four point spread for the road 
favorite. Michigan has moved a little bit in Michigan State's direction. They do have 79% of the cash, 60% of the tickets. Really low total, 50.5. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit of a you know grind them up Big Ten uh, matchup. How do you see uh, you know the battle for Michigan here? Yeah, I like Michigan to win, um, and I am I'm kind of in the same boat here with the Ole Miss Auburn game. I'm going to take them minus four, um, but I'm not super confident. There is I love Michigan's defense. I love it. It is vastly improved. I love what Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator, the new one came over from the Ravens staff. Love what he's been doing. But there is one concern that I have in this one. Um, the way they defend play action this year has been really really bad. The, the linebackers bite significantly, um, and then they're also getting fried in coverage too. So. And you look at this Michigan State team, I mean, they, they have Kenneth Walker, of course, um, you know, been mentioned in the Heisman race, one of the best backs in college football for the season. Um, they do a lot of, you know, split zone out of pistol. Um, and then at the same time, they do a lot of trick plays out of that formation. And also, too, they also do a lot of deep shot, deep play action shots. I mean, seven around 70% of their deep shots this year have, been, have had a play action concept on it. You know, when you look at the play action passes with the deep there, that filter, they've completed 12 such passes, seven of them have been for touchdowns. You look at what Michigan's did, like the third worst passer rating in the power five against play action this year, um, that Nebraska game in particular, that game ended up being as close as it was because of how Michigan defended the play action pass in the third quarter. They gave up three touchdowns in the third quarter. All of them were play action and all of them, you know, I, I'm pretty sure if I recall correctly, were the linebackers fault. Um, and you know, that's a little bit of a concern for me. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I, I do think that Michigan, I, they're just superiorly you know, more talented. And I think that game we saw against Indiana makes me a little bit more comfortable because I don't think Michigan State's you know, the most talented offense um, outside of Kenneth Walker. But I do think that they are very, very, very well coached with Jay Johnson, the offensive coordinator. Very good play caller, very favorable. Um, but I do think that when you're kind of relying on the play calling in the system a little bit, um, that you are susceptible to kind of having really significant off days like they did against Indiana. But, you know, fortunately for them, they came up with a, you know, five-point victory there. there yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. I, had, I did bet some early Michigan State at plus four and a half. I don't love it. Market did move a little bit in my direction. But I, I'm a Jalen Naylor fan. I, I can't believe you don't think he's, you know, a little bit more of a dynamic playmaker for that Michigan State offense. I think he could potentially, you know, break one long play uh, loose here. If he does, obviously 15 and a half point total going to be a little bit low scoring. So I think that could be the spot where the Spartans potentially uh, at least keep pace, uh, maybe lose by field goal differential, uh, but do end up covering. So that's kind of how I, at least I see the game playing out. But um, I definitely respect what you say about, you know, Michigan, talented defense, everything else. I could see them potentially running away with this one as well. So we will see. I don't know if this game is necessarily the game of the week, uh, Penn State, Ohio State, uh, but it is, you know, going to be fun here, especially if Penn State can keep pace. 18.5 point uh, road underdogs heading into Ohio State, 61 point total. Do you think the Nittany Lions can uh, challenge Ohio State here on Saturday night? Uh, no. I, I do not see this happening at all whatsoever. I mean, I feel like over the last few games, we've kind of you know, seen, we've seen the true Ohio State, right? Because the first few couple games, um, CJ Stroud's still getting loose there. They, they, everybody read them off. You know, they had a close call against Minnesota. They lost to Oregon. Even, I'm, even me, I, I had thought that they were done. I didn't think they were going to make the college football playoff. Now I'm sitting here and I'm like, this is the best offense in college football. Right, right. Um, you know, C.J. Stroud, ever since he's returned to the lineup in week five, he sat out in week four against Akron. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in college football. I mean, he's in a very favorable system, best receiving unit in college football, best offensive line, one of the most favorable schemes. But at the end of the day, he's not missing wide open receivers anymore. You know, he's not putting the ball in harm's way, making mistakes. 
Um, he's been consistently accurate, just been dealing. I mean, he has a big arm, and he's been making you know really NFL type of throws at such a young age is remarkable. And you know, there was a little bit of a you know an injury issue early on. It's kind of hard to say how much that impacted his play and AC. Uh, joint sprain. Um, he also cleaned up his mechanics a little bit. I mean, it's quite noticeable what he's done there. And, you know, over the last three weeks, he's been the highest graded passer in the college, in college football. On throws of 10 plus yards downfield, this is absolutely crazy to me. 31 of 43 for 657 yards and 11 touchdowns. Right. Now, Penn State's defense is good. I don't know if they're like that good. I don't know if they're like Georgia's defense. I was going to be able to stop that explosive passing attack. You look at the Penn State offense. Sean Clifford's kind of shown what, what he really is. Right. You know, the true Sean Clifford over the last three games, um, three straight PFF grades in the 50s. And, you know, that's the kind of quarterback he's been throughout the career. So I like Ohio State minus 18 and a half here. Yeah, definitely. And I think what you said about Sean Clifford is key. I think, you know, we were always just a little bit lower on him from a PFF grading perspective. Obviously, he's showing out decently to start 2021, but I do think he's kind of moving back toward uh, our expectation for him. And I think, you know, if he plays at that level, it's going to be really difficult for them to keep pace with the Ohio State. So I definitely agree with you. Um, don't have any bets on this game. Um, we'll see how it kind of plays out in-game. There might be some opportunity late, you know, or, you know, if Ohio State gets down, I don't necessarily see that happening, but if they do, I will probably be live betting them to, uh, you know, kind of take care of Penn State in the second half. So let's move on. Best bets. I know we're going to find some winners. I'm going to give you just a few, like I said earlier, uh, highest volume college football week for me and maybe forever. Um, I have a number of bets on it. I'm just going to give a few of my favorites that haven't necessarily moved uh, too much in that direction. So I do like Iowa plus 140 on the money line. I like Oregon State minus 1.5. Purdue plus 7.5. Rice minus 2.5. Uh, this one I'm not entirely sure on, but Marshall, Florida International under 64.5. Then San Diego State minus one. So um, I like those six probably more than anything else I've bet. Um, we'll see how that plays out. If you're looking for any more action, make sure you check out PFF Greenline. But let's hear uh, the locks of the week that Tresh has coming up for us. Yeah, I mean, I like, I'm right there with you with Oregon State in Iowa. Everyone's looking at this Iowa-Wisconsin game. They're like, man, it's going to be a stinker. I'm not watching this. And that's my favorite game I'm looking forward to this week. I, I know it's going to be a stinker. And me, a Midwest, you know, I grew up in the Midwest. I love that brand of football. Right. So I'm looking forward to it. But I like Iowa plus three and a half there. Um, in addition to those two, like Georgia, like Ohio State, like we talked about. Also like Wake Forest, minus 16 and a half against Duke. Um, Duke, very man-heavy defense. They just have not, been, don't have the, really the, the facilities to play man coverage like that. Wake Forest, you know, one of the top passing offenses in college football. I think they cover that number. Um, Maryland, minus five over Indiana. Um, the Hoosiers are down bad, starting, you know, their third-string quarterback this week. True freshman, uh, Donovan McCauley. Um, I think with that offensive line, you know, Maryland's defense is not the best. But I think that offense, you know, that offensive line, any defense can take advantage of that. And I think with an inexperienced true freshman out there, first start, I think he's going to have some issues. Um, and then a few others that I like, I would probably say Virginia Tech plus four and a half at Georgia Tech. Okay. Um, I like West Virginia plus seven against Iowa State. Um, and then along with that, um, I, I'm not too confident in this one, but I think it's going to be an exciting game. Virginia plus three at BYU. I think that if you're on the West Coast or you're looking for some late night action, 10-15 kick Eastern time, that, I think that's going to be an exciting game. So that's another one I have there. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I do have some early Maryland that obviously moved quite a bit from where I bet it. So um, I didn't say that, but I do like that. That might be the best bet um, of the weekend. And then Virginia Tech as well. I do like that one quite a bit. I have some action on Virginia Tech. That one moved against me. I do have them at plus four. It is out to plus four and a half. I like that play uh, a lot as well. So we will see. Make sure you lock in all the best bets that we have available. Check out PFF's 
NCAA Greenlight. Check out, you know, the NCAA Power Rankings tool if you're trying to get in some of that college football futures action. Uh, our simulations update is going to be up there on Monday morning once again for the upcoming week. Um, you know, a lot of great opportunities from a betting perspective this Saturday. Make sure you tune into all the great content that PFF.com has available. Check out Tresh's, you know, great college football primer articles and everything else available for you on PFF.com. From Ben Brown, joined by Anthony Tresh, we appreciate you guys listening to the PFF Betting Podcast. Thank you.